following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. It's time for another Main Street Preps podcast. Loretto girls basketball coach Ashley Rutledge is our featured guest and will also introduce the Fab 15 Mid-State basketball rankings and preview this week's top games from around the area. It's all coming up next. This is the Main Street Preps podcast, covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Here are your hosts, Russell Venozzi and Tyler Palmatier. Welcome to this edition of the Main Street Preps podcast. I'm Tyler Palmatier. I'm joined by, uh, as usual, my counterpart, Russell Venozzi. Russell, how are you doing? Doing well. Working through some internet issues today, but it's all good because it's uh, a nice sunny day. There's no snow on the ground. And I'm, knock on wood, the basketball schedule is intact for the week. Yeah, I would. Lo- I mean, I, I didn't mind the snow. I, I know it's a disruptor, but I, I do love snow. Uh, we, uh, we had a sled bought for that reason, just in case it did snow. And... Um, you know, I was able to get out a little bit in it, but um, we got an we got an awesome show for you today. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to be joined by Loretto girls basketball coach Ashley Rutledge. Uh, Loretto, of course, uh, has not lost this year as defending Class A champion, but is now in two A. So we're going to talk to her soon. Uh, also, we're going to go over the very first Main Street Preps Fab Fifteen rankings. Uh, quite quite an interesting adventure uh, th- putting those both together last week. Um, but we're going to go over a little bit of those and also preview the top games that we've got going on uh, this week in, in both the girls' and boys' basketball landscape just just around the, the whole area. So uh, a lot of basketball to get to. Uh, R- Russell, I know you, you've got some thoughts on on those things as, as we've dug into hoops here. So, uh, But first, we're going to jump into our interview with Loretto girls' basketball coach Ashley Rutledge. Ashley, we're recording this on Tuesday, so we won't talk Summertown too much since I know you've got that game tonight, and that's, that's a huge one. But uh, let, let's talk about it a little bit. Obviously, Loretto and Summertown met for the Class A title last year with Loretto winning the championship. It's a huge county rivalry. In, in your words, you're, you're, from that, you're from that area. Can you explain what's special about, about that rivalry between you two? Sure. I mean, it's, it's just a rivalry that goes so far back historically, and um, both communities take a lot of pride in their sports and their athletics, and both communities are very successful traditionally in both, and in multiple sports, and so not just basketball. These girls have faced each other in volleyball and softball and, and other sports, and of course, going into that game, we were 0-4 with them, so there was just that hunger to finally get over the hump and beat them, especially when it counted. And I was really proud of our girls, how every time we played them, we closed the gap. They were a very talented team last year, um, very senior heavy, and their leadership was, was really huge for them. Um, but I was just really proud of our girls and how they were able to finish it off. And, and to win that since 1958 was special for our community and our fans and our families and um, this is not just something that happened overnight or over the course of a year or two. We have kids who have played TVBA since they were little, and then they come through, whether it be Leoma or South Lawrence. You know, Kelly Weathers worked really hard with them over at South Lawrence, and so they put a lot of work in over so many years. So to see that all come together for not just the kids, but the families and community was really special. And Ashley, Tyler and I are admittedly city dwellers, so we, we don't frequent Lawrence County a whole lot, but I, I'm personally kind of fascinated by it. It's a pretty small area, well, a, a large geographic area with about 45,000 people spread across 
that big area. Uh, but the amount of championship level athletes and teams that come from Lawrence County seems to be pretty high for, for how small it is. Uh, why do you think that is? Why, why are, why are sports so big in that area? You know, I think, I mean, even when I played, of course I played at Lawrence County, it's just, when you were little, that's just what you did. Um, it's just the community just really rallies around the sports. And I think it's, if you have communities that rally around and support these athletic teams, it continues to be successful as long as the kids are working, the coaches are working, the team's working together with the school and the admins and everything falls in place. But the fans and community, it's just that's what it's all about in these small towns. And you really, you know, not to take anything away from big towns, but you can't take – there's nothing to compare to a small town sport. You know, like going to a Friday night football game or – showing up at the barn on a Friday night it's packed out and everybody there you know by first name it's just it's just really special really fun to be a part of all right Ashley I said I was going to stop talking about this but I do want to follow up a little bit since uh, this podcast can be dated by the time you in Summertown play but what's that gym going to be like tonight I mean I would guess that's just about as special as it gets for for basketball in general I mean are we talking packed like super rowdy can you kind of paint a picture what, what those atmospheres are like or what it might be like tonight oh yeah it's like have you ever seen the movie Hoosiers I would assume like you've seen some of those movies oh yeah it, that's the atmosphere you get like you see it on a movie but it's the real deal that's what you get um you know there's not even enough sideline for me to walk up and down the sideline I have to step over people's feet like you're right on the court <laughs> there's not probably a seat that will be open now with you know sickness going around maybe it won't be as packed as it normally is but I wouldn't expect anything less than a packed house and not just hey it's you know people will be getting there before 4 30 for the JV games just to get a seat I mean I know that's just how it usually works so it is a very fun atmosphere you know student sections going at it um, fans getting involved and and it's just honestly it, it's so much fun we love going up there to play it's just a, it's a great atmosphere when you look down this lineup, uh, at your lineup, Jenny Clifton, Laney Weathers, uh, Autumn Butram, Allie Weathers, there's depth beyond uh, Alabama signee Carly Weathers here. How has that supporting cast played this year? Obviously pretty good, I would guess, to keep your win streak going. But, I mean, have they kind of met your expectations of what you thought that would look like, the, the players around Carly this year? Oh, shoot, yeah. Because, you know, Carly is a phenomenal player. She's like a once-in-a-generation kind of kind of player that you see. And so, you know, teams typically try to box in one or they try to put their best defender and help off on her. But when you have those other players stepping up and scoring and we have kids scoring from, you know, 5 to probably 14, I guess, within our starting lineup, plus Laney Weathers coming off the bench. And then we do have some other kids who do come on the floor, may not score a lot, but play, play a big role in our game. Those kids that can score, it's huge because I've just had coaches tell me, you know, we try to slow down Carly a little bit, but then the other kids are the ones that are are killing us too. So they have to pick and choose what they're going to do. Are they going to double down on her or are they going to kind of try to play a straight up? And um, the kids outside of, you know, Carly's scoring, I think, 22.6 or somewhere around in there, averaging – the kids outside of her are really playing the role, and it's been huge for us um, offensively and defensively as well. So Carly's put in four just tremendous seasons for your, for your team so far, and she came right in as a freshman and averaged about 21 points per game and really has not looked back since then. Given her family's athletic yeah. background and all that, Ashley, did you figure that Carly was going to be 
kind of a once in a long time type of talent right away? Um, yeah, I really did. I mean, I saw her play a couple times when she was in fifth grade, and I was amazed at what her level was then. And then, of course, coming up through South Lawrence, going to those games, and you know, if we could have pulled her up, like you know, some schools can pull up kids like at Summertown, they can pull up eighth graders. If we could have pulled her up in eighth grade, we would have, and she probably could have started as an eighth grader. Um, so it's really tremendous what she's done in four years. Whereas even you compare sometimes with Miss Basketball and awards like that, some of these kids have been able to play since seventh and eighth grade on varsity. Everything she's done this is her ninth grade year. Um, but she's just uh, she's a player that you can look at her stats and know what a what a horse she is on the floor. But she does so many things that unless you really know the, the game of basketball. She does so many things that I can see that I'm like, you know, it may not show up on a stat sheet, but, man, she doesn't do that. That play hurts us. Uh, and she does that every game and has done that since her freshman year. So um, she's been a pleasure to coach. Uh, I don't think there's a kid that works harder and that is more determined to win and is competitive, but also you pull her off the floor. Her faith is big. She loves her teammates, her community, and her family. And she's just a really great kid to coach. Here's an age-old question, Ashley. As an unbeaten, do you do you want to just keep winning and winning and winning during the regular season or as a coach? Do you feel like a quality loss can kind of be a teachable moment that, that sort of grounds your team during the regular season, or, or how do you view it? Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of a hard question to ask because I always think if you have a loss, if you learn from it, sometimes it's your most valuable teaching lesson going forward in your in your season. Um, but with this team, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, we're not going to lose any or anything like that because it could very well happen. You know, kids could get sick. We could, you know, things could happen. But this team is just set so many high standards. I, I can tell you without us, we've not talked about it as a team. But I know one of their goals is probably to go undefeated. I mean, I know that that's their goal. So would we like to see that happen? Absolutely. But like I said, you know, sometimes if, if there's a game and you do lose it, but you learn a lot or you gain a lot from it to help you going forward, sometimes you're right. That's a teachable moment. So I, I really answered that question for you. So the goal is to not lose, but I'm a big believer in if you do lose games and they're tough, you can lose, you know, you can learn from that and it could be probably a, a turnaround in your season to help you go even further. So we talked about the barn a few minutes ago, that your old school gym where your team plays, and just how special of an atmosphere that can be. And I can speak to that because I covered the sectional game there a couple years ago against Joe Burns uh, when I was the Robertson County reporter. And, man, I, 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 don't, I didn't get the memo to arrive early, Ashley, so I'm pretty sure I got the absolute last seat that was available. It was a small little sliver of bleacher that was available. I had to kind of contort my body to, to even fit there. Um, what, what does that kind of atmosphere do to your team? Do for your team? Is it? I mean, is it a boost to just have all that support in the stands and to have you know such a intimate atmosphere like that uh, supporting your team? Oh, absolutely! Like what, like we said, there's nothing playing at the barn and it's packed out. Whether it be us playing Summertown or Lawrence County or just that a rival game, but really, there's nothing like a sub-state game at the barn. Um, it, it's just there. Everybody shows up. Everybody's calling and asking about when tickets are going on sale. When do the doors? When does the door open? And so for those girls, when they run out and they already see everybody there standing up, ready to cheer them on, it's just it's it's so rewarding for the coaches, but for the kids, that's going to be something that they'll never forget. So those substate games at homes are, are super special because not many teams get them, and um, 
our goal is to get one this year, and I, and I sure hope we do. You guys have me excited for some some playoff basketball right now. I'm I, anybody listening that's that's from a, a real metro urban area who hasn't gone out and experienced small town playoff basketball is is really missing out. You know, uh, years ago I covered a ton of it, and it is it is just worth the time. I mean, just find a good game and go. Those those atmospheres. If you love sports, specifically basketball, I mean, it just it does not get any better. Those those gyms are are awesome. Um, Ashley, I want to pick your brain a little bit about something else kind of looking across, you get to kind of put on your analyst hat here. Uh, when you look across the area, any class, girls basketball, have you seen, what teams have you seen in person this year that have really impressed you? Uh, any sleepers out there that people don't know enough about, or is there a team that you just think uh, has, has looked really, really good? Um, well, I will say we played Lakeway Christian, and I know that's private school classification, and they are super young, but that was the quickest pace game that we've played all year. And, and I'll tell you what, I'd put my money that they'd go pretty far. Um, really well coached. Those kids go really hard. And they've got some super athletic kids. And, then of course, we played Jackson Southside um, over in Gatlinburg. And, you know, I know for 3A, they, they, they can make a run as well. One of their best players is on the bench from ACL that happened this summer. She's a UT smart and funny. Um, they were really good, good school scrappy. That's probably the most pressure that we faced. So if, if they get in some games where the officials let them play, you know, pretty physical, I could see them making a run. But, of course, you know, in our classification, you know, us and I think Summertown, has, you know, they're in the top, uh, you know, four. I, Martin Westview, Gibson County, I don't, I don't expect any. Of course, I, I feel like 2A is pretty loaded with lots of teams outside of the four that I just mentioned. Um, but as far as the, the 3A, the little region that Lawrence County's in, I think, is probably one of the hardest regions. Uh, with Livingston, Stone Memorial, Upper End, and I may be getting some of those mixed up. I hope I'm not. That's insane. All the teams that I have to face. And, of course, 4A, we played Cookville this summer, and they, they're pretty good, solid team. Uh, a lot of good guard play and a strong post. And, you know, Bearden's always strong. Lebanon, of course, I'm friends with Coach Barrett. I always think he does a great job. So I just think there's a lot of good girls basketball, and I probably left off some key ones. You kind of caught me off guard with that question. I probably could have been a little more prepared for But that's just not No, no, I, did, I, did, I certainly didn't mean to do that. I, but, uh, you know, coaches, <laughs> you y'all are out there hitting the pavement as much as we are between film and uh, – and being at games, sure. so that's yeah. no. That was that was a good answer. I I, I enjoyed that. Question. I hadn't heard about all those teams. Yeah, it's a great question. In single A, I'll say I, I think McKenzie is a front runner. We played them last year, super tough. And I know that they've got some really good teams in single A. But we played Wayne County, and, and the score may not reflect it, but that's a good ball team. Um, and I think that they can make. And that's what I told um, Coach Ashley that I, I wish her the best, and I hope that they make a run, you know, towards state. So. I, I think there's a lot of good girls basketball. We played Webb this this summer and lost on a last second shot. Um, they're super talented. Like they look like a college team when they step out there. Super athletic. Everybody's tall. Um, so lots of good girls basketball team. And of course, you know, with Summit, I'm always cheering them on because that was Coach Wild being a former um, coach of mine. Always wish him the best in that area. But Lots of talented and competitive teams. Um, lots of good coaches out there that just really love girls basketball. So, wishing them all the best. Unless we play them, and then I can't wish them too much. <laughs> That's right. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm also been impressed with just the quality of, of girls basketball in the area, Ashley. And, and obviously your team's right in the mix there. And uh, I've got to ask, though, so Loretto goes from 1958 to two, to 2021 without a state title. Uh, are you hoping and thinking that maybe it won't take as long to, to get the next one? <laughs> I hope so. You know, like, not to not to bring back the past. You know, 2019, we almost got it, came up a little short. And I will say 2020, we felt so certain that we were we were rolling at that time. I really hate that tournament was cut short. Uh, but, yeah, I hope we don't go uh, a span of, what it, I mean, what's the math in that, like six years? My damn my math right there. Yeah, that we're going to get it for them. <laughs> Loretto coach, Ashley Rutledge, great stuff. Ashley, thanks a bunch for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate y'all um, covering, you know, our team and our area and girls basketball and our boys basketball. We really appreciate the job you do. Thank you so much. Happy to do it, Ashley. Thanks. All right, y'all have a good one. You too. Well, Russell, that was kind of interesting. I kind of have some uh, – I kind of have a few – maybe for, from Coach Rutledge's answer about some sleepers, maybe a couple teams I can – kind of underline as we get closer to the playoffs, some of those teams that are, um, I don't know, kind of the last few in, you would call them in high school basketball, and maybe the ones that you don't expect to maybe get to the state tournament, but they, they kind of get there at the end. They don't get a whole lot of press during the, during the year, but they're there at the end. Russell, let's let's jump right into these boys' basketball rankings. Of course, this is the the Main Street Preps uh, inaugural Fab 15. It, it's a it's a power ranking style poll that goes one through fifteen across all classes, which uh, is it, is interesting to say the least when you look at kind of the group that we have here between large and small classes. But uh, Russell, I'll let you let's start one through five, and I mean you don't I you probably have uh, different thoughts on how I rank this group, and you're welcome to chime in with that, but I. I had Beach at number one. I just can't get over the way that they're winning right now. At the time of the, at the time that we published it, eleven wins by twenty points or more. It's just been a dominant start from them. And then uh, Brentwood Academy, Cane Ridge, Ensworth, CPA is is what I have after that. And I would say one through three are probably pretty close, but I just couldn't deny Beach mm. at number one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Beach, as they've got a super team this year because they already had Christian Shaw, Andrew Page, and plenty of other talent on their team. And then they picked up a couple of Station Camp's best players from down the street. Eli Rice and uh, Tyler Moore both transferred over there. Now all of a sudden that starting lineup is just absolutely loaded. And, and like you said, it's been shown in the results. There's probably an argument for Brentwood Academy or Kane Ridge to be number one. But uh, I think you know as January kind of plays out, maybe we'll have a better idea once some of these teams – uh, play more of their kind of league opponents because, you know, Kane Ridge has gone all over the country and played all kinds of out-of-state teams that we know nothing about. We don't know exactly how strong they are. Um, so I think Kane Ridge, the, the record there may, may be a little deceiving with six losses. Do uh, you agree with that? Oh, for sure. And I, I would even say probably in, Innsworth might belong in that conversation too there at 12. Uh, well, I believe they're 13-2 and two now. They've played some out-of-state competition that's been pretty quality and I know NBA is not necessarily off to the start that it would like this year but to to beat NBA by almost 30 points last week that's pretty impressive I I saw NBA before the holiday break and it's it's they're it's not a bad basketball team so that's a that's a huge win I but yeah uh 
nine and six Cane Ridge, I'd say definitely don't look at the record. Uh, they got Ryan Oliver back, who was a, a huge piece for him last year, and he had twenty one eight and eight in his in his first game back from injury last week. So, um, of course, that didn't get quite as many highlights as or as uh, headlines as Brandon Miller's dunk, which I guess I understand that that uh, that was quite a that was quite a dunk. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's seen it by now, but that was pretty incredible. And then, uh, you know, from there, Tyler, like you got, um, you know, Innsworth four, CPA at five, Lebanon at six, Columbia at seven, East Nashville at eight, Pope Prep nine, and Father Ryan number ten. Uh, so a lot of it's really a, a lot of Nashville teams are in there. I'm a, the town in kind of the Davidson County and immediately surrounding area this year is is pretty phenomenal, but. One team I've, I've got my eye on is CPA. You know, they've got a new coach in Kevin Maggard. Uh, they lost Braden Moore. He transferred kind of mid-school year before the season started. But they haven't really missed missed too much uh, of a beat. Uh, they're 11-3, and three, and uh, they're, they're still playing the same style. They played under Drew Maddox that uh, up-tempo, shoot a bunch of threes, push, you know, try to get as many possessions as possible, and it seems to be working for them under new leadership. So I, I'm really – Interested to see how CPA does, especially now they've moved up to this um, Division II AA middle region where they're, they're going to be facing all these Nashville powers like Innsworth, Brentwood Academy, Father Ryan on kind of a nightly basis. Yeah, you know, it's any sport, any team, you lose your your star player and your head coach, that's a lot of turnover to, to have to ride through. So the, CPA's done an awesome job kind of pivoting there uh, and, going a little bit down that pole at, at number eight, East Nashville, just trying to highlight some teams, you know, uh, that I've, that I've seen. And, but the, I saw them pre um, pre holiday break against Cane Ridge and that game got a little out of hand, but East Nashville is absolutely uh, a good ball team. Um, when, when you look at what they have, uh, Jalen Jones, such a good player. Um, but I, I thought kind of when you start to get to nine and 10 Pope prep, uh, Father Ryan, those are those are teams that have have been off to really good starts. Even you know the record's not not off the not off the wall, but uh, Pope Prep, you know, uh, only losses since December first to Beach and Brentwood Academy. Uh, you know, at the time that we published that, that's a you know there that those are pretty good starts there. And um, starting at eleven, there Cookville, Pickett County, Green Hill, eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Uh, you know, Pickett County. You know all about the Amonette twins. Um, are the twins or brothers, Russell? They're twins and brothers. Twins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Right. Um, obviously, that's that's a heck of a team there. Um, and that man, Pickett County, Clay County was supposed to be last week. That would have been a huge game. Uh, it's too bad that we were. Well, we were, we were probably weren't going to be there in person, but I would have loved to have just sort of uh, looked at the box score afterwards. But Clay County's Grant Strong and, and Pickett County Zach Amonette, that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, certainly. Then you look down the list a little bit further, and you've got Good Pasture at 14, Friendship Christian at 15 to kind of round it out. And, of course, Good Pasture got the uh, <clears throat> unfortunate news last week that their star guard, Isaiah West, is going to be out for the year with an ACL injury. Um, a huge blow to them as he was – really their lead man for, for a lot of things, um, you know, rebounds, points, assists, steals. He kind of did it all. And, uh, you know, with the graduation of PJ, PJ Smith last year, they're the state tournament MVP, I believe, um, you know, they were already kind of figuring things out, trying to figure things out. And this 
kind of new lineup that they've got. And so now to lose West too, all of a sudden you're looking at a lineup that's mostly filled by freshmen and, and sophomores, underclassmen. So um, I'm, I'm definitely got my eye on good pasture to see how some of those guys step up because they have plenty of talent. Like a lot of those kids play high level travel basketball and they've, you know, they've been called up as eighth graders and as freshmen on the varsity team. So uh, good pasture is going to have to really fight to probably stay in these rankings, but they're not um, out by any means. And uh, Friendship Christian was kind of a beneficiary there as Good Pasture was trying to figure things out last week without Isaiah West for the first time. And they uh, knocked off the Cougars with a last second shot. Um, so, uh, Friendship Christian, though, you know, under first year coach Jeff Long, he's a former Hendersonville star and he's kind of worked his way up the coaching ranks. Now he's, he's the head man there and uh, just doing a fantastic job leading them to an 11 4 record. So, I think these are pretty solid rankings, uh, Tyler, and we'll, I'm interested to see how they evolve you know, over the next uh, month or two. Yeah, and speaking of evolution uh, of these rankings, it, as we record this, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these teams are going to play big games tonight, so this is going to look quite a bit different as people start to hear this at home. Friendship Christian, for instance, plays Davidson Academy this week, and that you know, the, the, the bottom of this poll is the hardest to do. Davidson Academy is a team that could probably fight its way into it uh, or, or teams like that. So definitely will be interesting to see. Let's shift to the girls' side of things, Russell. Uh, number one, two, three, four, in order, Blackman, Ensworth, Webb School, Cookville. Um, I liked Blackman at the top. I, I have just sort of been cruising and uh, – with the exception of a game against Brentwood, but I liked Blackman up there. Of course, Ensworth. When you have a player like Jelani uh, Jelani Cambridge, that's you know that that they could very well be the best team in the area. Uh, I don't know, Russell. What do you think about one through five? I should mention we had Page at five. Yes, uh, Ensworth and Webb School are two more of those teams, kind of like Cambridge, that have played uh, a regional or even national schedules against highly ranked teams. So I think uh, they've got more losses than than maybe some of these other you know, top teams, but definitely don't discount them because of that. Like you said, Innsworth is loaded. They've got Jelani Cambridge, but they've also got Lipscomb signee Camila Collier in there too. And, um, rounded out a lineup also with Kennedy Cambridge, Jelani's older sister. Um, so they're, you know, they're just stacked. If they can keep everybody healthy, they've got a, a great chance to get a state title this year. And, and Webb school, same thing. They've kind of reloaded with, and, uh, with talent and, you know, they lost Lachey Dwyer to graduation. She's now playing at Miami, uh, in Florida, but, you know, Coach Matt Shoemake and in that school, um, it is a boarding school slash day school. So some of the students are from the area, but some of them are from, you know, other countries and stuff. And so they've gotten collected some some top basketball talent there at Webb School and and played um, some really big uh, teams and gone on the road and and all that. So yeah, Webb School got its got a title last year, and I'm I'm sure they're going to be right in the mix again uh, this year. Yeah, Page is a team I haven't seen since the state tournament last year, but uh, another uh, another group that's that's come out and put up some really impressive wins, um, including a, a a good Stewart's Creek team by beat them by thirty eight points, and that's shoot. I know Stewart's Creek's been a little up and down, but uh, that that was a really impressive victory to me personally. Uh, let's go down the list a little bit more here, at, starting at six, Warren County six. Lebanon, Loretto, Brentwood Academy, White County. That is six through ten. Uh, we, you know, we've obviously spoken a little bit with Ashley Rutledge and 
and that group is is playing really well behind the play of Carly Weathers. Um, haven't had the opportunity to see Warren County or Lebanon. Uh, Russell, you've, uh, you saw Brentwood Academy this earlier this year, correct? I did, yes. Um, what did you think? Yeah, uh, Millie Brown, UNC Asheville signee, leads, leads their team. Uh, really, really great three-point shooter. And um, like you said, at, since falling to web school, they've been, they've been untouchable. So, I, I mean, Brentwood Academy, Innsworth, I think will be a great game. Uh, I believe that's this. I believe that's this Friday, right? Right, right. So yeah, on both the girls and the boys' sides, those are going to be uh, huge games to kind of determine. Um, you know, <laughs> that'll kind of help determine some of these rankings uh, without just kind of guesswork like we're doing now. But yeah, I think Brentwood Academy is definitely a contender, and like you said, uh, Loretto is uh, certainly in the mix uh, to maybe get another state title. Maybe not have to wait another sixty years to do so. Um, but yeah, it's just six through six through ten are, are really solid teams here. And at 11, Upperman, uh, Summertown 12, Rossview 13, Brentwood 14, and Stewart's Creek 15. That that rounds out the rest of the poll there. Um, you know, just, just looking down the, the list, I mean, you know, Summertown was was cruising too before it, it lost to Creekwood. Creekwood, uh, they must have a pretty good – I know they've got a winning record, but they've, they've got a couple impressive wins on there. Not in the poll, but uh, have played – pretty well um you know Rossi was impressed by them holding uh, Wilson central to 10 points I I don't really care who you play uh, if you can hold a team to 10 points in a game that's pretty impressive I mean that's that's hard to do against anybody um and then 14 15 you know again this is kind of the most interesting part of the poll as usual you're just like who you know there's probably five or six teams that could uh, be deserving of those final two spots um but I like Brentwood there. I think Brentwood's played well. Uh, g- gave Blackman a really good game. Uh, came back and and you know, dominated Nolansville. And then Stewart's Creek is. I, you, I know you've seen them, Russell. So you maybe you can help shine a light on uh, on that squad. But uh, Red Hawks have been a little tough to figure out. They've got they've got some big wins over Lebanon and Middle Tennessee Christian School and uh, some really close quality losses. And then uh, then you kind of you look in there and there's a couple games. I, I know they wish they'd they'd love to have back. So uh, what, what what are your thoughts on the way the poll finishes up there? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with it. And uh, I was pretty stunned by that 40, nearly 40 point loss that Sewers Creek took to page. Of course, that was the day that I happened to write a story on Zion Shannon, who is a great player, by the way, um, head to Tennessee state next year. She averages about 14 points and five rebounds a game has kind of taken over as the leader of that team now that her older sister graduated and is off to Alabama A&M playing basketball there. And, um, yeah, they've, they've played a very tough schedule when you think about, you know, Lebanon, MTCS. They've happened to play Cookville twice because they scheduled a game against Cookville, and then they just happened to line up with them again in, in the Lipscomb Academy uh, Christmas tournament. And they hung with them both times. Uh, Zion Shannon actually had a chance to win that game against Cookville you know, uh, dribbled all the way down the court, got a decent look at the, at the rim, and just the layup kind of bounced off the backboard and, and, all, and away. Um, but yeah, so I I don't know. I, I I'll be interested to see kind of if Stewart's Creek can find a little more consistency down the stretch here. And it's you know still early in the season, um, but maybe that also just speaks to how strong Paige is too that they were able to come out and and to to win by that much. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Paige, remember, brings everybody back from that uh, 
that runner-up team from last year. So yeah, you, you bring you bring the whole crew back. Um, some good things are going to happen for you, uh, especially in this this age where uh, you know I, I'm not immediately familiar with the page roster. I don't know how many dual sport athletes they have, but um, when you get a group of ba- basketball players that are basketball only, there's a lot of hoops that are played between the time they lose and or finish their season in March and the time they start up in November. So you could, you're talking about a lot of room for improvement and, you know, a lot of teams can get exponentially better in that time. So that's a look at our rankings. They're available at mainstreetpreps.com. We're going to, we're going to shift over to kind of the way we, we see the the top boys and girls basketball games this week. Uh, we're going to, let's, let's look right at, right at Wednesday kind of a new year's reboot if you will for Pearl Cone and East Nashville they were supposed to play last week and uh, had a couple disruptions there and they weren't they weren't able to but uh let's look at the you know on the boys side I, East Nashville we mentioned earlier to kind of took it on the chin against Cane Ridge which a lot of teams are and of course th- those are two programs that aren't are are playing at different classifications but uh, Jared Taylor at 20.8 points per game him and him and Jalen, you know that's that's as good of a that's as good of a backcourt as you're going to find, Russell. That that's a that's a good group. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. And you know, East Nashville is still kind of a young, fairly inexperienced team. They lost um, some transfers and stuff last year when their season started late, and they had a, you know a really quick kind of eight game schedule and um, did they fell short of the state tournament. But I look for them this year to make a run, and um, you know, Pearl being a big rival, that should be a great atmosphere there on Wednesday. And then. Then you look at some of these Friday games too. Um, some of the teams that are, were in our rankings are are involved here: Lebanon at Cookville, uh, Columbia at Ravenwood, and then the, the big one that we mentioned, I believe that you're going to be covering, is Brentwood Academy at Innsworth. So, um, if you don't have plans Friday night, there are plenty of choices there. And uh, Tyler, what do you make of that Brentwood Academy Innsworth showdown? I mean. Both teams have shown that they are right in the mix there in, in, in the middle region, but um, it seems like any win you can get in that league is key because after they, you know, after Brentwood Academy plays Innsworth, they got to play CPA. They've got to play, they've already beaten Lipscomb Academy. You got to play Father Ryan at some point. I mean, it's just, you really can't afford too many losses, I don't think, to come out with that top seed in that league. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, aside from the fact that you have people, like you and I who are sort of trying to just figure out where, where does everybody sit in the hierarchy of, of teams here in the area. It's, it's absolutely huge for the region for sure. And that's a, that's a bridge. And so, yeah, it's important. Number one for that, which is helps the quality of basketball, you know, where all of a sudden you've got teams that are, are playing at a lot higher level, a lot more competitiveness, which you don't really get in those. Well, you get some of it, but, you know what November and December basketball looks like sometimes, Russell. It's just it's just not it the can same be product. It can be pretty yeah, rough. Yeah, it's just not this yeah, it's just it's apples and oranges and there's a lot of evaluation and stuff that you can get from it, but teams are just playing at a different level once you get into these games that craft how the how the playoff brackets are gonna look. So yeah, no, I'm I don't have a ton of thoughts. I haven't seen Brentwood Academy since last year. Um, but when you talk about Tyler Tanner, when you have a team with a guard like that, who the way he moves, the way he can finish and shoot it, I mean, they have they have a a great guard to build around and a lot of depth uh, in 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 the cast around him. 
and then Malik Dia, the Vanderbilt signee at, at Ensworth uh, as a forward. These guys anymore, you know, you don't see a whole lot of forwards uh, like him. Uh, he is about six, what I'm guessing, I don't have it in front of me, he's probably about six, eight, six, nine. You know, when those guys get to become, those high-level forwards get to be seniors in high school, their game is already kind of starting to shift a little bit more toward the perimeter. So I think you're seeing a little bit of that from Malik this year where he's he's trying to develop that. So that's probably something that you'll see expanded in his game. He's, he's pretty polished. So uh, those are – and those are just a couple of players in that one. That's a, that, that should be an awesome game. Looking forward to to that and watching as long as everything proceeds as normal. And, um, you know, there's a couple other good ones that night too, just kind of looking at the list. Davidson Academy 11-2 and two at Good Pasture 11-3. and three. Uh, that ought to be a good one. Um, look at Waverly at ten and one, playing at Camden, Camden twelve and three. Uh, it's nice to see Waverly st- uh, off to a good start there. Um, NBA at Pope Prep could be really interesting. Uh, so yeah, definitely some good boys games there. Moving on to the girls, uh, Pearl and East Nashville. We just talked about them. Um, you know, UT Southern signee. Ayana Kennard at East Nashville and Christiana Groves at Pearl Cone are two really good players to watch. Uh, Friday, Lebanon at Cookville. Uh, that's that could be a really interesting game. You know, if Cookville stays unbeaten, they'll uh, they'll be eighteen and zero, and and Lebanon will be looking to to snap that that record. So that's that's uh, those are fun nights. You know, when teams you get a, an unbeaten team and you get another quality group that's kind of chomping at the bit to give them their first loss. That ought to be fun. Um, and then Ensworth at Brentwood Academy, uh, Russell, we, you know, a couple groups we just talked about, uh, Trinity Fields and, and Brentwood Academy, they, they helped to get a, a big win at Lipscomb on Saturday. I don't, I don't know what that'll look like against, you know, Jelani Cambridge and, and the Niggers, but that, that's, that's an interesting game too. Uh, anything else? What about these games? The girls side kind of stand out to you. Um, yeah, the Pearl East Nashville. I think that'll be a great game. You know, Pearl sitting at nine and two, East at nine and one, and uh, Christiana Groves. That was a player that their coach had kind of um, told me about a little bit when we, when we were kind of seeking uh, information at the start of the season, and she has delivered as a freshman. Um, I believe she's averaging a double double with points and rebounds so far, and uh, sounds like she's going to be a really great player for years to come for them. So. Um, That'll be a good one. As long, um, I know you'll be there as long as it stays on schedule this time. And uh, that one stands out. And then, of course, uh, you know, both these doubleheaders on Friday, Lebanon at Cookville and Brentwood Academy at Ensworth. I think, um, you know, if you anybody that gets to go to either of those, I think it's going to be in for a full night of basketball with, with both of those games, um, you know, involving four good teams. So, yeah, I don't think I think those three that you highlighted are good. And then if you look further on Friday, there's a couple others that, that catch my eye. Um, Lipscomb Academy at nine and six is going to travel to Father Ryan eight and two. Father Ryan, of course, made the state tournament last year. Um, the girls' team that is uh, Blackman at Oakland. Blackman, uh, you know, putting its undefeated record on the line again uh, at a county rival. It's always fun. And uh, Summit at Hillsborough too. Uh, Hillsborough is eleven and two and been trying to i'm hoping to get out to a hillsborough game soon because they're they're both their boys and girls teams are playing well but um those are a couple of other ones that catch my eye if, if um you know insworth or cookville is is not necessarily on your radar um for friday yeah there's a ton of good ones um i, I could definitely do moving on in the future without 
as many disruptions, but we're we're kind of just uh, we're good at pivoting at this point, Russell. So we'll, we are. we'll see what the <laughs> what the rest of the year kind of holds, but. Uh, it'll be fun to dig into as always you can uh, we're gonna have tons of coverage on all of it at mainstreetpreps.com and uh, uh, every here on out every Monday we'll have our our rankings and uh, Russell and I will we'll kind of divvy those up and, and tackle the fab 15s the, the boys and the girls rankings and uh, we invite you all as always to follow along with us the rest of the year uh, and, and find our all our coverage at mainstreetpreps.com we got a lot of good people there working um so for Russell uh, Venozzi and myself and our sound engineer expert, J.P. Plant, uh, we hope you'll join us again next time on the Main Street Preps Podcast. You've been listening to the Main Street Preps Podcast, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee with your hosts, Russell Venozzi and Tyler Palmatier. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com. Street Preps.com.